This morning we began a little two-part sermon mini-series entitled, Thank You So Much for Calling Us a Cult and Proving Jesus Right. This morning we explored the many blasphemous and ridiculous names and terms and charges and accusations that some of the self-righteous people of Jesus' day leveled at him. Most of the terms and charges, which are far better, a description of those that hurled those insults at him than he at whom they were hurled. We discussed the fact that the reason that people continually, religious people, continually sought to pin these false charges and accusations on Jesus throughout the four Gospels and beyond was incredibly simple. And that reason is that they simply could not refute the simple scriptural truth that he taught. They couldn't refute the truth that he taught, and yet they were willing at the same time, they were not willing at the same time to humble themselves and repent and accept it. And so, in their envy, in their jealousy, in their embarrassment of their own inability to be able to defend their own religious convictions, in the glaring light of the truth of the Word of God which Jesus shone upon them, they resorted to mocking Him, laughing Him to scorn, as it says in a couple of the strictly literal translations, of ridiculing and accusing Him and name-calling, because you see, as we said this morning, once they refused to accept the truth, to examine it and accept it, all they had left was name-calling. That was it. I mean, they had nothing left. We also covered the very essential for us to understand and accept truth that Jesus spoke in John chapter 15, verses 18 through 25, and Matthew 10, 25, where Jesus told us, look, if they did it to me, they're going to do it to you. In fact, if they call the ruler of the house Beelzebub, he says... How much more so those of his household? They're going to come after you even worse with these false accusations and name-calling and all of that. And so, thirdly and lastly this morning, we saw the realization of that which Jesus had promised with both Stephen in Acts chapter 7, as well as the Apostle Paul in Acts 24, 1-16, wherein the high priest... And those who actually represented the sects of the scribes and Pharisees, because that's what they're called in Scripture, Acts 5.17, 15.5, and 26.5, as, as we noted this morning, both the scribes and the Pharisees were sects or divisions or sections of the Jewish faith. And it was those representatives and the high priest which came along of those particular sects and actually tried to pin that tag on the Apostle Paul that he was a member of a sect, which he made absolutely clear he was not. He said, the way in which they call a sect. But once again, you had that sheer irony that those who made the charge were themselves members of a sect, as he was not. 
And beginning with his defense there, as I said this morning, this needs to be our slogan or our defense when those of modern day sects or sections or divisions or denominations seek to likewise pin the tag sect or cult on us. Acts 24 verse 13 says, nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. Somebody says, well, you're a member of a cult. What do you mean by that? What, what, what exactly? How do you define cult? Well, it's this and it's that. Did you know that denominations are a cult? You see, they can't prove the things they accuse us of either. But look what Paul goes on to say. He says, but this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect. See, it wasn't, and Paul knew it. The church was something brand new. This is where we ended up this morning. But the way which they call a sect, according to that way, I do worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. He said, that's what they want to call a sect. It isn't, but if that's what they want to call it, is a group of people who truly believe in God and everything that's written, okay, I'm a member of one. He said, I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and of the unjust. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. If that's what it means to be a cult, or a sect rather, if that's what they call it, okay, I'm one. That's Paul's message there. You see, it should come as no surprise to us today. Brethren, let's be level and honest here. It should come as absolutely no surprise to us today. None. In fact, we should expect it, accept it, and embrace it. That those divisions or denominations of religious people who do not want to accept and obey the full gospel truth of the Word of God are going to refer to us and accuse those of us who truly follow Jesus by standing firm on God's word without compromise the way Jesus did of being a cult. We ought to expect that, accept it, and embrace it. You know why? Because it's always been that way. Let me prove it. Let me prove it with scripture. First off, Jesus said that they were going to do what they did to him and more so to us in John 15 verse 18. Paul himself experienced it here in Acts 24. And the Lord's one true pre-denominational New Testament church has been spoken evil of and called a sect ever since the first century by many such proud and self-blinded and self-divided religious leaders. Opening your Bibles to Acts chapter 28, please. Acts chapter 28. I want to show this to you. When the leaders of the Jews came to see Paul at Rome in Acts chapter 28, beginning at verse 16, look what they said in verse 22. We desire to hear from you what you think, for concerning this sect... We know that it is spoken against everywhere. Do you see that? Number one, they call the church a sect, the modern day equivalent of what we would call a cult. They said, we want to know what you think about this sect. We know it was obvious, it was all over the place, that this sect, this Christian, what they called a sect, even though it wasn't, 
was spoken against everywhere. Let me ask you a question. Do we claim to be the church we see in the scripture? Do we? We want to be that church, right? Well, being that church means doing what that church did, being what that church was, and one of the things, negative, we don't usually talk about, that that church was, it was spoken against evil everywhere. You know what? If there isn't such a difference between us and the religious world around us and the pagan world around us, that they see us as different and speak evilly of us, then we ain't the first century church. And the fact that they call us a sect and speak evil of us, that's, the only, that's one way that we prove that we are indeed like the first century church. They have been spoken evil about and been called a sect ever since the first century. Now, another note we need to make is just because it was called or is called a cult or a sect does not necessarily make us one to begin with. To begin with. Apparently, those who carelessly and frivolously tossed that term around like a negative hand grenade in the first century, that term sect, they didn't have a clue what the word meant. Vine's Expository Dictionary of Biblical Words defines the word sect, the word from which we get heresies, as follows. A choosing. It properly denotes a preconceived preference or prejudice. I'm putting those words in. Notice they're in squares. I'm trying to explain what they said. It properly denotes a preconceived preference or prejudice, either for a particular truth or for a perversion of one, generally with the expectation of personal advantage. Hence, notice it. Can I make this thing work? Ah! Hence, a division. A sect is a division and the formation of a party or sect in contrast to the uniting power of the truth held in total. Do we see that? We are not a sect or a section. That is a division. That is in complete opposition or contrast to the uniting power of the truth. What do we talk about from John 17, 20 and Ephesians 4? That we are to be united on the word, right? That is the opposite opposite of sect. We're not a sect. The opposite of sect is somebody who believes in the uniting power of the truth held in total. Do we believe the total word of God would unite us all if we just go by it? Do we? Then we're not a sect. A sect is a division developed and brought to an issue. That is Vine's Expository Dictionary of Biblical Words definition for the word sect as we see right here in this passage. Those who used it in that day didn't have a clue what they were talking about. A choosing. It's choosing a certain part to build your entire doctrine on. Folks, there's nothing new under the sun. Those proud, self-blinded Pharisees, self-divided scribes and Pharisees and religious people who shot that word around without knowing what it meant, are about the same as those same sorts of people today, religious people, divided, who carelessly and frivolously shoot the term cult at us. They suffer from the same lack of understanding of what the word cult means. I hope that most of you had a chance to read the bulletin article from this morning. And Brother Kevin Colley, 
had an article up on Church of Christ Articles, and it's in your bulletin, but I want to grab just a couple of lines of his. You can read that article later if you haven't already, but he says, one line he says in there is, in essence, what they have done, that is, those who call us a cult, those religious leaders today who don't understand they're part of one, if they're in a religion that's a division, in essence, what they have done is define the word cult to mean anything other than acceptance of the denominational world. And that's pretty much today's definition. It's not Webster's, it's not any dictionary definition, but those people in some of those that have divided themselves down into these denominations and divisions believing all these different things instead of staying united on the truth they have defined the word cult today to mean anybody who doesn't accept every religious denomination but that ain't what the word means sorry bad English that isn't at all what the word means and the reason that people today seek to redefine and pin the term cult on us it's for the exact same reason they accuse Jesus and his faithful followers and word proclaimers of being a sect in the first century. Again, Brother Kevin Colley says, There is no effort to deal with the actual issue of what the Bible plainly teaches. In essence, they label us a cult because they can't refute what is plainly taught in the scriptures. I could stand here for an hour and not make that as clear as I'd like to and just keep repeating it. The reason they call us a cult, number one, they redefine the word to make it mean anybody who doesn't accept anything and everything in the denominational world. And number two, they redefine the word cult to mean anybody that they can't refute what we teach. Because all we're teaching is book, chapter, and verse. Now, Instead of seeking to twist or pervert the meaning of the word cult and manipulate it and twist it to their own ends, it would be really nice if those people who are throwing that word at us actually understood what the word that they are so fond of actually means. That would be really sweet. But then again, if they did understand what the word actually means, they probably would not call us a cult. Because in some ways, you see, we are a cult. In some ways, according to the definitions you are about to see from four different online dictionaries, in some ways we are a cult. And it is a compliment when they call us one. While there are some ways that they fit the definitions, a different definition of the word cult, which isn't good at all. Let me show you what I mean. Here we go. From the free online dictionary their definition of a cult by the way the free online dictionary is the one that included the synonyms that I mentioned this morning for cult sect faction or denomination or maybe sect and cult were uh, yeah sect faction and denomination but it also includes the synonyms church group and body now are we a church yes are we a group yes are we a body yes we're the body of Christ all of those are synonyms in this dictionary for cult some people those are closely related words just as is faction division and denomination so see we fit some of them on the positive side and they fit the other ones on the negative side and that's the way this really works because there's a lot of different dynamics to this word number one the Free Online Dictionary defines a cult as a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure 
or object. Religious veneration having to do with awe and reverence. So, are we a group, a religious group, who is devoted to a particular figure? Jesus Christ, right? So by that definition, when somebody calls us a cult, what they're saying is, because that's one of the definitions, we understand that you have a great devotion for a religious figure, Jesus Christ. Is that not a compliment? Yes, it is. But see, they don't understand that because they don't know the meaning of the word. Like I said, I giggled when I put this together. And I'm giving you these references because you can check them out at these different websites. Now, I want us to understand. Yes, in this sense, we are a cult and so are they. But here's the difference. While they have this great respect and reverence for people like Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Wesley. That's who they hold up. That's the figure. See, this is a neutral definition. It depends on the figure. But you see, the Lutheran church holds Luther up on a pedestal. The Catholic church holds the Pope up on a pedestal. You see, they have religious awe and devotion directed toward a particular figure, but it ain't Jesus. See, we are the church of Christ. You can tell by the name, Lutheran or whatever, or Christ. Who is it they're holding up? So, under this one, I guess we are a cult. The second meaning on this free online dictionary, the second definition of the word cult, is a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Okay, let's talk about this one. If that's how they're defining cult, number two, then we need to thank them. Here's why. A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange. Let's talk about strange. Others regard us as strange. You know what? Jesus says, you're to be strangers and aliens. You are to live such good lives among the pagans that you seem strange to other people. Does the Bible not say that? So, when people tell us that we are a cult, if their definition is the second one, that we're strange. We need to thank them that they have recognized that there is a difference between us and the rest of the world. We are strangers and aliens. We are pilgrims and sojourners. Scripture references, 1 Peter 2, 1 through 12, and chapter 4, 1 through 5. Both of those tell us that we are to live strange lives, different lives. So when a person says, hey, you're part of a cult, and they mean that second definition, we need to thank them because they've realized, hey, we're strange, we're different. Praise God. The second word there is a group of people that are considered by their beliefs or practices to be sinister. We are considered by those who do not want to follow Christ as sinister. Again, Matthew 10, 25, if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Of course we're considered sinister if we're living holy lives that expose their sin. They don't like that. Look what they did to Jesus for it. If we're living holy, righteous, word-oriented, uncompromising lives that follow the word of God, of course to them we're going to seem sinister. If we don't seem sinister to them, then we do have a problem. So the next time they call us a cult, if what they mean is meaning number two, we need to thank them that they've realized the difference and praise God. The third and final one here is a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. See, that one doesn't fit us. 
Because you see, a misplaced admiration for a particular person or thing is an admiration that puts somebody else like Luther or some other church founder above Christ. That's misplaced, isn't it? Shouldn't Christ be first? Or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. See, this one doesn't fit us, but it fits them when they talk about the Lutheran Church of the Redeemer. Wait a minute. Shouldn't the Redeemer Christ be first? See, theirs is a misplaced admiration. And let me ask you this, or tell you this. Another reason that we don't fit this bottom definition is because we can't have an admiration that is excessive of Jesus Christ. We can't worship Him more than He deserves. That's excessive. More than they deserve. What does the Bible say? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. How do we exceed that? See, we can't exceed that. We can't have excessive admiration. If we give him our whole lives, that's not more than he deserves. It's far less. So if what they mean by cult is the third one, that's them, not us. Second dictionary I checked. It's not going to work if I don't hit the right button. Let's try this one. Aha! The freedictionary.com definition of a cult. A religion or religious sect generally considered to be extremist or false. Generally considered. Doesn't say they are, but most people think they are. Okay. If most of the world that doesn't follow the word wants to generally consider us to be extreme, so be it. I will be an extreme follower of Jesus every day of my life and be happy with it. If they think I'm extreme because I'm in church every Sunday and I study the Word of God and I give and I serve and I love and I forgive and I do all the things that Christ told me to do, if they think that's extreme, considers that to be extreme, praise God. Thank you for the compliment. I'm part of a cult. Yes. Or if they consider us to be false. Well, obviously, if they're not going to accept the truth of God's Word and they're going to accept falsehood, then they're going to think the truth is false. So again, they've complimented me. With its followers often living in an unconventional manner under the guidance of an authoritarian, charismatic leader. You know what? To love your spouse, to pray in times of trouble, to try to live a moral, holy, pure, upright, godly life today. Yeah, that's unconventional in today's world. And if that's what you mean when you call me part of a cult, yes I am, thank you so much. I'm glad that you recognize the difference between the moral, the morality, and what I'm trying to be. Not that I am righteous, because I am not. But God is righteous, and He has blessed me in Christ. But if that's what you're going to call a cult, is because I live in a manner that is so unconventional compared with the rest of the world around me. Praise God, you're right. Thank you for calling me a member of a cult. Under the guidance of an authoritarian or charismatic leader. If that's what you want to call a cult, thank you again. Because I live under the all-authoritative Lord of the universe. My leader has all authority. What did Jesus say when he went back? All authority on heaven and earth, on he in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If that's what you're going to define cult as, bring it. Thank you for realizing that my life is under the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm glad you can see that. What a compliment. The third definition, they, or second definition they have under freedictionary.com is this obsessive, especially faddish devotion to or veneration for a person, principle, or thing. This ain't no fad, folks. This is for life. Fads are things that come and go. I ain't stopping following Jesus Christ. So that one may fit somebody else. 
but it don't fit us. And finally, their third definition on that website is an exclusive group of persons sharing an esoteric, usually artistic or intellectual interest. An exclusive group? Absolutely. Absolutely. If that's what you mean by calling me a cultist, I'm part of an exclusive group, thank you. Now that does not mean that we want to exclude anybody. Everybody's welcome under the gospel, right? But we are an exclusive group. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 4 through 6, there is one body. What is the body? It is the church. Ephesians 1, 22 and 3. There is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's very, one God and Father overall. Is that exclusive? Absolutely. There is no other body or church. There is no other spirit. There is no other hope. There's no other baptism. There's no other faith. There's no other God that God recognizes. You better believe it's exclusive. There's only one. And if that's what you mean when you call me a cult, praise God. Thank you. The third dictionary. Dictionary.com, their definition of a cult, is an instance of great veneration. By the way, I looked up the word veneration just to be sure. Veneration means respect or awe inspired by the dignity, wisdom, or dedication or talent of a person, ideal, or thing, especially as manifested by a body of believers. That is Dictionary.com's first definition of a cult. You know what? I have great respect and awe for the wisdom, dedication, power of Jesus Christ, of my God. And if that's what you mean when you call me a cult, I am so grateful you recognize that I am devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for calling us a cult. Then it goes on to say there, a group or sect bound together by veneration of the same thing. Are we bound together by our love for Christ? Are we? If that's the definition of cult they're using, yeah. Church Christ the cult, no doubt, because we are bound together by our common love for God, His Son Jesus Christ, and every last word of His divinely inspired word. Are we not? Finally, the fourth dictionary I looked up the word cult in is the Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary. Now, their definition begins of their three with this one. A religion regarded, notice it's regarded as such. It doesn't say it is, it says it's regarded. In the first century, they saw the church as a sect. It was the way which they called a sect. It really wasn't one, but they saw it that way. Well, today it's a religion regarded as unorthodox. <laughs> you know what? We're about as orthodox as you can get. When we go back to the 2,000-year-old scriptures, we're about as orthodox as you can get. Now, they can consider us unorthodox, fine, whatever. But we're about as orthodox as you can get. And the word spurious, I want you to get this. This is a long definition. The definition of the word spurious, because I looked it up, first off means of illegitimate birth. Sort of like the denominations. They were born of man-made doctrines. We do not have an illegitimate birth as a church. The Church of Christ was born on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 when Peter preached the first gospel sermon. People were told to repent and obey. That's where the church began just as Jesus had promised Peter in Matthew 16. So we, we're not of an illegitimate birth. We're, we're of the birth on the day of Pentecost. 
The word spurious means of illegitimate birth, like the denominations, like the Baptist church that came into being in 1607 and all those other churches that came, you know, in line after the Protestant Reformation. The word spurious also means, outward, listen to this, outwardly similar or corresponding to something without having its genuine qualities. Did you get that? That, that one... Outwardly similar or corresponding to something without having its genuine qualities. If that don't describe the denominations trying to be like the church, trying to set up a man-made church that is different than the church we see in the scriptures, folks, that ain't us. We're just going by the Bible. Spurious also means of falsified or erroneously attributed origin, forged, like the... Yeah, denominations. And the final meaning of spurious I found was of a deceitful nature or quality, sort of like the damnable heresies and false doctrines that greedy men put forth that contradict the truth according to 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3. So, minus the word regarded, if we're going to talk about a religion that is unorthodox or spurious and we're going to call that a cult, that's a definition that fits the denominations. Not us. Merriam-Webster's second definition of a cult is a great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. Again, if that's how people are defining the word cult, thank you for calling me a member of a cult. Because I'll tell you something. I am devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ, to his movement, and to his work. And if that's what you mean when you call me a cult, thank you for recognizing that in my life. And finally, Merriam-Webster's third definition of a cult is a usually small group of people characterized by such devotion. What a, what a phrase of praise it is, if that's what they mean when they call us a cult. A small group of people characterized by such devotion. So when they call us a cult, they're saying, I see an incredible devotion in you to the personhood of Jesus Christ. I see that in your life. Isn't that a compliment? Isn't that a blessing? Thank you if that's what you're calling me a cult. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for seeing the difference. Usually a small group of people. Yeah. Remember what the Bible says about the straight and narrow way being a small group? Mm-hmm. Thank you again. So, as you can see tonight, oftentimes those who use the word cult to describe the Church of Christ, although they may mean it for evil, it's actually good. It's actually a good thing that they recognize, listen church, it's actually a good thing that they recognize that we are so faithful, so devoted to, and so in love with the Lord Jesus Christ and with his word that we, that we manifest that in our lives and that we live differently, that we live as strangers and aliens in this world exactly like Jesus did and commanded those who would follow him to live the same way. What a compliment. Thank you for calling us a cult if that's what you mean. And as you can also see in conclusion, most people that toss that spiritual grenade don't have a clue. Don't have the foggiest idea 
what the true meaning of that word is. And so the next time somebody hurls the accusation at you in a negative way, especially somebody who's a member of a sect, division, a sect such as a division or a denomination or anything else that is synonymous with the word cult in a lot of its definitions, ask them if they know what the word really means. May open the door to a Bible study. May even get them a CD of this sermon. But do that only after you thank them for recognizing that you're totally devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ and that they see that in your life. Because that's what several of the meanings of the word cult are. And some of the other ones that a little more negative... We're not a sect or a division of anything. Those definitions which are a little more negative and show that fit the denominational world more than us. The lesson is yours tonight. The sermon miniseries is yours. If there's anybody here tonight who would obey the gospel and become a member of the Lord's one pre-denominational New Testament church, just the way people have been doing for nearly 2,000 years since the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. They did that by repenting and being baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. That's what the scripture says. If there's anybody here that tonight that would do that, please come to the front as we stand and as we sing. And if there's anybody that needs these notes or anything, let me know.